Hello and welcome to episode 61 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I help service-based businesses to define and grow their brand and business. And today I am joined by Tanya Clark, nutritional therapist and naturopath, whose mission is to inspire people to maximize their health and well-being. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tanya. Thank you very much, Tammy. I'm very happy to be here and um, thank you for the invitation to join you. Oh, absolutely. And today, listeners, Tanya and I are going to be talking about the impact that your physical health has on you as an individual and in turn, how that can make running your business feel either easier or harder and just life in general, really. There's a huge amount of focus, support and conversations around mental health as entrepreneurs. Um, and these conversations are being far more normalized, which is absolutely wonderful and something that we advocate and talk about frequently. But our physical health is a big part of that. And it's not talked about as often. So today we're going to dive in and explore the impact it has on our babes and our lives and our brains and all that good stuff. So Tanya, I really like to start these episodes by taking everything back to basics to make sure that we're all on the same page and just as a kicking off point, really. So can we talk a little bit around why it's important to look after your nutrition as as well as a person, I guess? <laughs> um, yes. Well, a healthy diet is really important for your physical and your mental well-being. You need to take on board nutrients every day. You are using your body just if you sit still in a chair is constantly using up nutrients. They need replenishing. Um, the more active you are, the more nutrients that you're using. And it's a, a, constant, um, a constant refueling. And I always think of it or explain to clients it in terms of a car. Um, you know, when you, you don't let your car run out of petrol and expect it to still get you to work, um, you don't put diesel in your car if it's, if it's a petrol car and vice versa. And you don't let your car run out of oil because all of these have very detrimental effects on your car. Your body is the same. It needs certain nutrients and it needs some replenishing because you are... Even when you sit still, you are using calories, using your brain is using calories, your all your thought processes, everything is using calories. You'll be digesting food, which will be using using um, certain nutrients. And there are many ways in which you that you can, you know, look to to maximize your um, intake of beneficial nutrients um, and there's also things that like if you're on medication and medication includes things like the contraceptive pill they in, there are you will need, have greater requirement for certain nutrients because of those medications and it's really important that, that people understand that um, if you drink a lot of alcohol, for instance, you will have certain requirements for, for, new, for certain nutrients. And um, understanding this so that your body can actually work in its best way, you can provide it with the nutrients that, it's, that it needs, is absolutely fundamental to your whole functioning, mental, physical, um, and, you know, keeping... Number one is, is keeping um, hydrated. So many people do not drink enough water. And if you then, you know, some, so much of your body is made up of water and particularly your brain. And if you do not keep it hydrated, lots of things can start to, can start to go wrong. And people often just ignore drinking water. They think they're having normal teas and coffees. Well, these are actually dehydrating or can be. Um, herbal tea, teas are fine. They act, the, you know, they are part of your water intake. Um, so providing your body with the go a good basic amount of protein, healthy fats, carbohydrates, 
is absolutely critical for energy. You, you expect your body to be able to function and work. And you have a body based on your own um, body mass, your, your um, number of kilograms, your activity levels, etc. There will be a set amount of protein that you need to take in every day to keep just to keep you functioning. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because the analogy that you used of a car is one that I can absolutely resonate with. Because as soon as something happens with your car, you're like, there's a weird noise. I know that most people will probably go, I'm going to take it to a mechanic. I phone my stepdad and try and describe the noise. But the point is that as soon as something starts to go wrong, you're aware that there's an issue. So you take action to try and resolve that issue. If the oil needs refilling, you refill it with oil because you know that's what you need to do. If the petrol is running low, not empty, but low, you'll go and refuel it. But when it comes to our bodies, like I can speak from personal experience where I've been like, I don't feel great. When was the last time that I felt really good? Huh. Okay, well, we'll just keep on going because I'm sure it's just uh, insert words like I'm sure it's just a bug. There's probably something going around. It's likely to be hay fever when actually when you look at your diet and you look at objectively what you're trying to fuel your body with, sometimes that really isn't optimal. But I don't know. I feel like we our poor bodies put up with a lot of like a lot of bad habits from us when it comes to addressing our food um absolutely and probably sugar is sugar intake is the worst is one of the worst the worst things um and just going back to the car analogy and your body you know how many times during the day does the, you get a slight headache and you think uh, and you don't think you like your car noise that you were just talking about. If it was your car, you would phone for help or go and get help. But with your body, what do you actually do? You've got this slight headache that's come on in the afternoon. Are you going to listen to it? Yes, that is your body saying it needs something. And most likely it needs a glass of water or, you know, it's dehydrated quite often. And quite often water is, is the answer to an awful lot of things. And people, the number of clients that I see who just do not drink enough water for their body body to, to, be, um, to be happy and to be able to carry, out, to carry out the processes. Your body's got so much to do. There are so many, so many processes within it going on all at the same time that you don't actually think about. And that's before you start actually adding in any activity to it or any extra brain work or anything like that just to funk just to be sitting here you know your user you 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 require your your body needs fuel just for that yeah I did make a note that it's like your, your brain needs the fuel and your brain uses calories so even thinking requires fuel I feel like there have been so many I mean, there's so much noise about what you should and shouldn't eat. Like there is, it, it mirrors the business world quite beautifully because there's so much noise around what you should and shouldn't do in business and what you should and shouldn't do with your diet. And it's really difficult to find accurate advice that is relevant and appropriate for you as an individual. And I feel like we generally tend to go for sweeping generalizations because it feels easier than actually looking at what we uniquely need within our, our own bodies. So within your work, do you, do you work on a basis of helping individuals to find specifics that they need within their own bodies or is it again is it more of a a little bit more generalized but not quite as generalized as don't eat sugar don't eat don't drink caffeine it's very specific it's helping individual individual clients on their own uh, what they are maybe struggling with or what they want to improve for um, whatever reason or it could be that um, they're worried about their family having a particular um, a particular illness, you know, they can see within their family, so they're worried about their genetics, so we can look at genetics, um, predispositions, um, and that's quite an important thing, because people often just go, oh, it's in the genes. Well, 
Okay, so if you think about genetic predispositions, um, as I like to call them, if you think of a gun, okay, and the gun, your genetic predispositions load the gun. Okay, so they're there. You know, you've got these, this disposition, you can see it in my family, it's autoimmunity. We've got it everywhere. Both, both my parents, um, both sides of the family had it. And so, so that's my gun loaded, if you like, with that. Um, but your environment pulls the trigger. And the environment is not just, it, it's a massive, um, so it's the environment in which you create inside your body. So through what you eat, it's the environment around you. So it's stress, things like stress levels, um, toxin intake, you know, what you're putting on your skin is a massive, your skin is your largest organ and people seem to leave this behind, but I'm very fussy about skin and what you put on your skin because we think, well, let's get really healthy and all this clean eating that's very popular and put that inside. But have you looked at what you're actually putting on your skin? Because that's feeding into your whole body too. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. I'd never even considered that before. And so in your hair, you know, whatever you wash your hair in, all of that. So reducing, my number one thing is to reduce people's toxicity levels because toxins lead to inflammation in the body. Inflammation leads to, is the, is the main thing behind many, many diseases, disease states. And it's, it's a matter of, I suppose I always think I'm very, my big thing is all about balance and keeping your body in balance. So not pulling that trigger in that gun, whatever those predispositions may be. They, they may be there, but you may hopefully never see, you can create an environment in which you'll, they'll never touch you. You know, you'll never see them. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I've, I, I had a touch with autoimmunity many years ago and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now um, because I don't want other people to <laughs> do the same thing. And um, so I, um, yeah. So my genetics did show up, they did present, I was diagnosed, but I've not let that continue. It's really interesting. And this is something that I'd love to explore a little bit more with you as well, because I have an autoimmune condition. So I'm celiac, which for anyone out there who's listening and doesn't know what that is, it means that I can't, my body can't process gluten. It makes me very, very poorly. It's not fun but it's livable and it can be kind of treated and we, we bob along with the diet. Like it's controlled by um, a specific diet that I take, which generally is no gluten and no oats and mine's a genetic disposition. And mine was actually, it's interesting what you were saying there. Cause I've read a few studies about it and I'm not an expert in, by any means. So always seek professional medical help, all that caveats guys. Um, but for me, I found that my celiacs, although I inherited the genetic disposition from my mum, mine was triggered by a, a very high period of stress in my corporate job. Um, my mum's was triggered by a very high period of physical stress because she underwent quite a big operation. And afterwards, that seemed to have triggered this autoimmune response, which is a condition that we both now live with going forward. And the number of years that I ignored how my body was feeling and just put it down to feeling just a little bit miserable and the impact that had on my mental health. Like in the end, I went to the doctors because my mental health was suffering and I was actually diagnosed with a physical condition. And since having my business and something that I found from a lot of people that I've interviewed for our brand story episodes that you're going to be coming back for on Thursday is that... Um, Owning your own business, if you suffer from a, a, a physical condition, whether that's whatever it could be, I was trying to think of some then off the top of my head and my brain just suddenly went blank. But health is one of the key reasons that people want that flexibility of owning a business. But looking after our nutrition and the fuel that we're putting into our bodies 
is one of the lowest on the list for a business owner because you're like, I'm too busy. I don't have time. I live off coffee. Like it's literally used as almost like a branding element now. Like tea and coffee. Tea is one of mine. Like tea is my life. Um, And it's so interesting that health is one of the catalysts for starting a business for so many, but it's not something that they put the energy and the time and make a priority when they're in that space to have that flexibility. Yeah, you know, this is absolutely so true. And I have learned, so just a very quick recap of my situation. It was um, 27 years ago and my daughter was three, I had a three-year-old. I was part of a large manufacturing business with my parents, it was a family business. And all the stress that comes with family businesses, which is can be a nightmare and <laughs> can be more stressful than, than other businesses sometimes. Anyway, so and my daughter was three. My father was very, very ill um, and we had this, this business to run and I um, became exceedingly unwell. And I think it was stress and it was the stress of... Um, obviously going through pregnancy and having a young child is stressful in itself and that needs the new now I understand that the nutrition that I should have put into myself at that point just for just pre-giving birth and giving birth you know preconception and giving birth is just absolutely critical can help and could have avoided this situation and then obviously running the business was it was a manufacturing business. It worked tight, shed um, deadlines, and um, it was in the cons- within the construction industry. So, it yes, it was all deadline, deadline manufacturing, you know, <laughs> etc. Um, and so this obviously took a toll and pulled my trigger and flew into the autoimmunity, and I ended up being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And I was given six months to be in a wheelchair and I just said no. (laughs) No thanks, not for me. (laughs) I said I researched and researched and researched and I learned that and I my whole scenario was um, right I'm going to lose muscle strength muscle strength I'm going to lose this I need to exercise so I swam three times a day took my diet straight back to basics. I've researched and learned about what you do for this, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so, and I have not seen anybody for MS for maybe 15 years. Now it's still there. It's not gonna go away. It's not curable at all. It is still there, but I'm keeping it away, hopefully. Yeah, I think that that's it though, isn't it? It's managing and it. this goes for any, can any, diagnosed health condition or even any little quirk that you find in your body where you're like this doesn't quite feel right I don't think that this is normal rather than ignoring that it's taking the time to try and acknowledge and discover what it is that your body needs because if you're not feeling your best and for me my my stomach flares up every now and then for what feels like no reason. But when I actually look back, I can usually identify and it could even be something as simple as I've had really bad sleep for a couple of nights and that can cause a physical kind of change. Or it could be something that I've eaten inadvertently or, you know, anything like that. My body seems to be very sensitive and very reactive. But now that I can see the warning signs, I do try and keep my diet each meal I try and consider how what impact that's going to have on me later and I I think that's it's very critical and when I was right back at the beginning I was very strict with keeping food diaries okay yeah I find those helpful so especially when you don't know what's wrong but you're feeling you know how you're feeling and you can understand that you're not feeling you're not 100% and to be to act to work in your business 100% you need to be feeling 100% and so keeping a food diary and just monitoring your moods, you know, marking it naught to 10. I often get clients to do this, you know, so that every day and then you'll see a pattern. And I saw patterns, triggers. So things that were triggers for me. And because it's so different, your, you know, your celiac could be diff- slightly different to another person's 
Celia, the flare points will be slightly different, although the basic, the, the gluten situation is obviously, you know, the same for everyone, the same for yeah. <laughs> and it, but it, so it's just listening to, to your body and, you know, you can go out and eat a meal and it may, you know, is it gluten? Sometimes, you know, there can be, it's not always specific. It's, it is, they should be saying gluten-free, but has it, if you haven't actually prepared it, has it been prepared in a gluten-free environment and working in big kitchens? You know, you just do worry. And I know people who've gone out, the same thing is with nut allergies, you know, and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, anyway, it's, it's just putting your body back into balance is my, my big thing. And it's, it's helping, helping people to get their bodies back into balance because disease states are just your body's tipped out of balance. Interesting. Yeah, it may. And it's helping realign it. And that balance, finding that balance is not the same for everybody. And it's completely individual, completely. And people may get classified with, so another person with MS will have a completely different set of scenarios from me, you know, and we all, and the one thing that um, perhaps we don't, we are beginning to consider more is the actual environment at home. How happy is that? How content is that? How relaxed is that? Does this person actually go to bed relaxed, happy? You know, are they stressed? you know because they've got sick parents and are they you know over the last few years I've had to be exceedingly careful with my diet and food um, because I lost my sister my younger sister and both parents in um, within my sister was 2014 and then 2018 my mother and 2019 my father so in a very my whole childhood family kind of gone but I knew, knowing that you're facing that, and it's the same in business, if you have a tough time, suddenly you've got lots of shed, you know, you know it's going to be stressful because you've got lots of deadlines. You look at your diary and go, oh my goodness, how am I going to meet all of those? Rather than get stressed, make sure the basics are right, that you're feeding, feeding your, your body with the right nutrients, because then you can manage that much better. And lots of people have said to me, how have you coped with losing, losing all of um, these people so quickly, losing your whole childhood family? And we were a very close family and I've worked with both of my parents most of my life um, and worked with my sister for a part of it as well. And it's because I, I make sure that I keep my body in balance. So I listen to it. And I make sure that I have time to relax. Another massive, massive um, area of uh, looking after yourself is not just what you put, the food that you put inside yourself, but it's when you sit down and eat, how, how, what's the environment? I, have you got the television on? Are you on your phone? Are you, is somebody, um, are you telling the children off? You know, is it is it relaxed? Because if when you eat, you're very stressed, or are you grabbing a sandwich because you've got a deadline to hit? So you're stuffing it down your face while you're at your desk in front of your laptop. You know they're going to ring you, and you know you're in all sorts of panic mode. Well, this is. Um, it's called fight and flight mode. So if you imagine that a, a lion is behind you or you see a lion in the garden, okay, you need that fight and flight mode because you need to get out, okay? But if, when you eat, you do not want that mode because all your body's energy is going to be going into getting away from that lion or that stress or sorting that stress. The last thing it does is digest anything. Food is not going to be digested. And I often say to clients, if you're feeling really, really stressed, move your meal on, you know, move it on an hour, you know. And the most important thing is remembering as well that chewing starts in, the digestion starts in your mouth. So if you're bolting down that, that bread roll, you know, at your desk with everything going on, 
you are absolutely not you could or you could be eating the most amazing bowl of salad really nutritious really really good for you you will get nothing from it if you're bolting it if you're in a stressed environment and it's really important for people running businesses because we all have deadlines, we all have tricky situations, we all have something that we're not quite sure how it's gonna turn out or what's gonna happen. We all have those moments, but we still need to take the time to fuel our bodies. And part of fueling your body is eating in a relaxed environment. It's really interesting as well, because it only takes, like even if you give yourself 10 minutes, like I can find 10 minutes in my day if I if I needed to, if I tried. And I think that that's the difference. It's flipping the priority of your health, which is something that has taken me far too long to learn, is that my health needs to come first because I think that there's a meme or there's a saying that goes around, which is more like if you don't make time to be well then you have to make time to be ill or something along those lines like you need to prioritize your health now because it's literally preventing you from losing more time later and it's funny that again we'll do that with cars we'll do that with our business we'll do that with our finances but we don't do it with the thing that's actually carrying us around every day (laughs) that you literally can't get away from the other the thing the saying that I quite like is use concentrate on using food as your medicine before you need to use medicine as your food. Yeah, that's good. I just remember what it was. It's make time for wellness or you have to make time for illness. Yes. Yes. There we go. Thank you, brain, for picking that one back up. <laughs> and you don't have the choice with the illness. Yeah. You have forced into making time. So make time to be you know, make time to create the environment around you that doesn't pull any triggers, that keeps you, you know, and then you can put the most into your business. You know, you can really, you can be there 100%, which is, let's face it, it's been tough the last few years. You've had to, you know, um, you know, with the pandemic and things, things have changed and businesses have had to change and that's tough. Change is tough. Yes. And these are kind of the things that I'd love to touch on as well, because I feel like there are a couple of trends that I can recognize instantly as being almost markers or pointers or identifiers of being a business owner. And one of them is generally the feeling of being stressed because, you know, we wear so many hats as solo business owners. We are constantly trying to make sure that we're in control of everything. We're doing everything. All of a sudden, we're accountants, we're specialists, we're HR people, we're sales and marketing, everything. And it can feel overwhelming. The second one would be caffeine, because I feel like I don't know many business owners out there who don't have at least a running joke or a nod to the fact that caffeine helps them get through the day in some way or another. And the final one is just the time factor. So when it comes to finding what works for you, we've talked a little bit about reflecting on keeping food diaries and mood diaries. But do you have any suggestions on how people can kind of minimize like the prevention side of things, even if it's just a step that they could take to start incorporating more focus on their physical health? Yes, I think number one is make sure that your diet is a whole food diet. So it's not processed, it's not full of processed meats, processed foods. These are all uh, very high in, often very high in sugar and salt and all sorts of other nasty things possibly. So eat whole foods, you know, and whether you're vegetarian or vegan or pescatarian, it it doesn't, that's your own, you know, your own choice, but just make sure that um, you eat a very varied diet. Um, And one of the first things that I say to uh, people is when you look at your vegetables, fruit and vegetables, so have maximum two pieces of fruit a day no more because they have natural sugars and that's enough and people I get very stressed when I see people making smoothies thinking they're being healthy and it's just full of fruit well no a a smoothie needs to be 20% fruit 80% vegetable 
the your vegetables should be a huge part of your diet like half your plate should be full of vegetables and eat the rainbow <clears throat> so your plants have um different colors to protect themselves but each different color is um a different form of protection and we can eat that goodness and you know that's really good for us so if you eat the rainbow and I often get people and or clients have often said I've stuck your rainbow chart on my fridge and they have great fun and they if they've got children they have to right what colors we what colors haven't we had this week what what did we have yesterday let's have this today and so you eat green red yellow and that's a really good good thing and another thing to think about is that you should have a really good good for your good basis is to have 40 different vegetables per week wow I know now that sounds horrific yeah <laughs> my poor shopping bill <laughs> but if you think about it and people say to me oh but that's so difficult and I said yes okay but this includes so it's um 40 different plant foods really so this includes herbs and spices so you can chop in parsley add parsley you you've got onions you know you make a uh, pasta sauce you've got onions um garlic tomato some basil that's four just a basic pasta sauce so you can see it's actually not that difficult to get to 240 and it's it's quite a good challenge for people but to have 40 different ones so then you can't use the onion and the garlic again but you can make a vegetable soup and soups are fab if people have got slow cookers and you can just you know get put a whole stack of vegetables and some homemade stock if you've got time to make stock or you can you can buy some nice you know organic stock cubes and you can quickly conjure up a vegetable soup and everyone always says with my soups oh they're so creamy it's never there's no cream there's no milk there's nothing they're just jam-packed with veg and they're naturally creamy. It's interesting because I feel like, again, it's that time factor, isn't it? Because I cook everything from scratch only because I, one, I cannot afford the sheer extortionate prices of gluten-free food that is out there. The only things that I buy that are kind of processed would be, I don't know, occasional processed meats, I guess, like salami or chorizo and um, bread. Generally speaking, I cook everything from scratch and I've I found it really hard when I first started because it meant that I was one having to think about everything and the thought process of what am I going to eat tonight making that decision not just for me but for my other half as well after you've had a day of like you'd hit that that feeling of decision fatigue where you're just like I've literally made decisions all day I can't be bothered to think about what I'm going to do for dinner which is where I think a lot of this processed food takes that stress away from you but I have found that batch cooking has been an absolute savior for me. So investing an hour or, or two on a Sunday with your favorite podcast like this one or your favorite <laughs> shameless plug or your favorite music. So you can get some movement in whilst you're cooking, like whipping up a batch of soup that will last you for five lunches. You're more inclined to eat what you've already made. Yes. Um, me and my partner started growing our own veggies a few years ago as well and that's been a huge incentive to actually use the herbs and vegetables that we're growing because it's something else that one it gets us outside it helps us feel like we're self-sufficient in a better way it saves us money it makes cooking more fun like when my nieces used to come around it's like I'll go and grab some carrots from the garden and then yes. they'll eat vegetables because it's something that they've picked themselves so investing that time up front, whether that's developing a hobby where you're growing your own herbs, even your own kitchen top herbs will make that will help with the 40 that you were talking about or putting aside a couple of hours once a week to just batch cook. Even if you just do a couple of meals, that means that you've already got your own ready meals, so to speak, ready to work. I have a series of meal plans and one of them is uh, five days in two hours. Wow five days of breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks in two hours on a Sunday. Yeah, I've got two slow cookers, best things that I own. If I can have two, both going at the same time, 
yes uh, curry in one and like yeah and something in the other it's just it's such a lifesaver because it's a little bit of prep work and then it's just done the house smells amazing like I'm a huge foodie food is my love language and <laughs> I'm a massive foodie and cooking is my passion and I've always I've always cooked and I, I'm no good at following recipes though so I, I'm just <laughs> I argue with them <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think that that's the joy of it, though, isn't it? Is that flexibility and that creativity. But I can hear some of the listeners or imagine some of the listeners going, well, I don't really enjoy cooking or, well, I don't really have time to do cooking. So are there some quick and easy ways that people can start to make a change that doesn't involve having to, you know, invest in a gardening plot like I'm suggesting? Or cooking up five lots of meals in two hours, because let's face it, some people just cannot see how they can find those two hours in a week. You've got uh, people like HelloFresh, where they deliver you a meal. And some of these can be quite good for people who are starting out and they're not, then, you know, it gives you get everything delivered for that meal um, to your specification and you can and then you just have to you do have to cook it if it's if it's something to cook and do a bit of chopping but it it's very it's um not very labor intensive um i have a i have a series um software that i use for creating special diet plans for people and i can put i can say right this diet plan needs to leave out gluten be gluten free it needs to be um high protein, high energy this person's very act- active um and needs to be sugar free because i put that for everybody because <laughs> mostly <laughs> and it also we need less than 10, I can specify less than 10 ingredients and I can specify maximum time, 15 minutes or half an hour. Wow. But I think batch cooking is absolutely key. It really, really, really is. And I knew I had a busy week this week and I thought, luckily I'd done a load of batch cooking Um a few weeks ago and so instantly I've got fresh meals that I just need to take out of the freezer and they're done. I guess another way that you could plan ahead that's like if you're not ready for batch cooking fully but you want to kind of experiment with it is just cooking double on the evenings that you do decide to cook. Exactly cook double and cook, cook enough for the next day's lunch or enough for you know so that there's always that bit extra that can be turned into a different another meal that you don't have to think about and definitely definitely just increasing gradually so you're not overwhelmed because I I know that I mean I love cooking and I could spend all day in my kitchen actually and I do grow my vegetables as well so yeah. <laughs> but I do I do know that lots of people it's just not for them and I do see that a lot um and so helping those people because really cooking for your health cooking from scratch is key for your your absolute you know your absolute health and and getting more vegetables lots of people do not eat anywhere near the amount of of vegetables and variety of vegetables that that the body actually needs for fuel that's quite tough but soups, you know, slow cooker soups. I cook a whole chicken in my slow cooker. You know, if people are not vegetarian, if people eat chicken, and that's great. I could just go out, I could do the horses, I go and sort them, and it's just cooking. And six hours later, I have chicken. Yeah, I do the same. We do um, in the winter mostly, we do stews. So, or one of my favorites, and sorry guys, I, I know that if you're vegetarian or vegan I'm sure that there will be other alternatives but you know I'm a meatosaurus so um we do um things like pulled pork so just chuck the joint in there my favorite here you go this is now a cooking podcast so my favorite is rubbing a pulled pork like a pork joint with a bunch of spices and then cooking it in um ginger like ginger ale like diet ginger ale or something like that it gives it a really nice gingery flavor or in passata and barbecue sauce oh man like it's 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm like what am I gonna have for dinner tonight (laughs) (laughs) getting hungry your tummy's going (laughs) my belly's already going when you're when you're thinking about food and when and actually this is a good tip 
when you when you you think, oh my goodness, I'm hungry. And you know, sometimes you think, I've only just eaten, but I'm hungry again. Just have a glass of water, because often it's your body telling you you're thirsty. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's something that's key as well, because as business owners, um, this is another thing actually that feeds into this conversation quite nicely is that it's not, we don't always make the time to recognize the triggers of I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I need a nap, (laughs) whatever it might be. So it's almost like we either leave it too late and you're like, oh my goodness, I am starving. I'm just going to grab something real quick because I'm so hungry. I can't even think. Or it's like, oh man, I'm so thirsty. I'm just going to go and get another coffee or tea in my case. But I think that taking just a moment every now and then to have a stretch at your desk because that's important as well guys we don't want those shoulders seizing up but then taking a moment just to go am I thirsty am I hungry and as someone who is a massive emotional eater I saw something that was a really helpful tip I think it was on Instagram from a nutritionist and she said if you're not sure whether you're actually hungry or emotionally hungry or boredom hungry because I can't be the only person who's like let's procrastinate with a snack yes (laughs) if you go and get your snack and go and sit somewhere without your phone without your tv like sit at a table with no other distractions and if you still want to eat your snack you're actually hungry if you're finding it a bit of a chore it's probably an emotional hunger yeah I found that quite interesting yes very Yes, because I, I think it's very easy to be wrapped up in your phone, your laptop, and just be picking, isn't it, if you've got a snack. And actually, and, and the other really important thing to remember is grazing, you know, eating nonstop is so bad for you. Your pancreas actually needs four hours break to regenerate. So you need to give it four hours. Now, how many people go and grab a snack and don't last that four hours? But your pancreas then is 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 the, you know backpedaling because it's it's not been able to regenerate. It needs it needs four hours between meals. It's just fascinating, isn't it? When you sit there and think about it, that the thing that we need the most, which is our bodies, because we need our bodies and our brains to function in order to be a business owner or anything, just to be functional on a day to day basis. It often slips so far down the list because we are busy, because we don't make time for it, because we don't see, I think maybe some of it will be because we don't see the immediate benefit. Like we feel it, but we don't necessarily recognize it because I think we have very high expectations that our body is just going to continue no matter what. Yeah. And it's, it's taking that time to go, well, what do I actually need? both mentally and emotionally and physically because emotional hunger like if you need to eat your feelings sometimes that's okay like we all have you know what's going to be best for you yes um but it's taking that time to listen to your body and really getting in tune with it isn't it and uh, absolutely and it's very very personal journey very very personal and um um my a trademark recently most healthy you is a personal journey that takes people from um my health concerns is the m to ultimate health goals at the bottom and it's very personal and in within that framework there'll be areas that some people with have had long-term digestive issues for instance or are have a med- medical diagnosis they need to concentrate on certain areas for longer and um and others may skip through those those bits quickly because it's they're not concerning them their their areas of concern are elsewhere in their body and it's it's fascinating i think it's it's the same advice that we hear over and over again in so many different aspects that it's, it's easy to hear and really hard to do which is always come back to you it's habit as well and uh, getting people to uh, advising clients to drink more water when really they've lived on cups of coffee and tea, which don't and non-herbal tea, which don't count. <laughs> I am not making eye contact at the moment. <laughs> it's just habit, you know. It is a habit, and it's getting used to that habit. And if you, and I think the other thing is people 
don't get hung on, hung up and don't go on a diet because it's going to fail. You know, it is, you know, you just need to change little by little, gradual by gradual, make little steps and quick wins and then move on and keep adding and keep, cha keep changing, but just manageable things. So you're not thinking, oh no, I can't have that. You know that, because what are you going to do? <laughs> last bit of stress, you're gonna go straight and grab a bar of, you know, grab a bar of whatever, or grab a piece of whatever your- Block of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or some salty, salty packet of crisps or something, aren't you? right no I'm going so don't you know cutting everything out you know unless for medical reasons you obviously had to something dramatic you know but yeah I think gradual slow gradual and change change the diet and lifestyle habits yes uh, most important is eating in a relaxed environment. Yeah, it's just, it's so curious that we literally, as business owners, we've chosen to change our entire lifestyle and yet we still keep, or for the most part, there are a lot of habits that carry over in our health and our kind of our everyday lives that we don't associate with the business necessarily. Yes. Even though it's all interlinked we just carry over those habits that just don't really serve us in the way that they need to. No, totally agree. Yes. How funny. Aren't we odd as human beings? <laughs> you know, it'd be boring if we were all the same, wouldn't it? If we all had the same requirements, we'd have massive shortages of everything. And if we were all, all had the same outlook and the same um, goals and aims, it'd be boring. We'd have nothing to talk about. You know, I think what makes it fascinating is the fact that everybody is so unique. And that's one thing that I love with what I do. I, I, I look for root causes. Why has this person ended up in this situation? Why is it happening? Why is it? Not just mask mask it you know put a plaster on it and make it feel a bit better why let's sort out the root why it's happening why is it why is it there and it's fascinating it's um it's really you know pick um it's like a being a detective really <laughs> <laughs> how it feels you know this oh that oh that and that and you know this person suddenly you see something that they're presenting with and you think that's why, because that there, and you know, and you start matching things up, and and we are so unique, so so you know, so different, so so different. Absolutely, I think that I think that maybe that would be a good place to kind of wrap up this this conversation for today. So let's kind of summarize because there's been so much in there. So I feel like the key points that I'm taking away, and I will absolutely love to hear any additions that you have to add to this is make sure that you're listening to your body, like actually make the effort to listen to what you need rather than assuming it's just another cup of coffee that you're after, or it's one o'clock. So you have to eat, eat in a relaxed environment. So you're making sure that you're paying attention to what you're consuming, which is, you know, pay attention to what you're consuming everywhere, content, food, everything. Yes. Keep your water intake up because hydration is important. And apparently tea doesn't get included in that. So, Hey, it's a whole new world for all of us. Herbal teas do. Okay. <laughs> Not Yorkshire gold then. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll, I'll just drink water on top of my tea allocation, I think. And then also, oh, there was, oh, and eat the rainbow. Eat more veggies, eat more plant. Did you say plant-based? So herbs. I was going to say spices, but. Yeah, spices are good. Spices are good, but herbs. Yeah. No, definitely eat and eat a variety. So a, a, a very a wide variety of foods don't get hung up. So every day you have the same lunch every day, even if it's a vegetable, that's not, you need to be varying it. Very, very, variety is huge, 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 hugely beneficial for your health. Awesome. Oh, the other one I was going to say was um, if you're not sure where to start, and this goes for everything ever in life. If you're not sure where to start, start by tracking. Just track how you're feeling, track what you're eating. Don't change anything. Just have a look and then review 
And then it's easier to see and maybe start identifying patterns from there where you can, if you choose to make those changes. Yeah, you'll be quite amazed, I think, actually, how you can you can actually think, oh, that made me feel like that then. And and look, it's done it again. And suddenly you see this one thing that you you're you've never really thought about. And it's there in your diet. And you've been you felt like this on more than one occasion. And therefore you may choose to remove that from your diet for a bit. Brilliant. You need to remove it forever. It can, things can be brought back in. I would also say as someone who had to literally cut out an entire bunch of foods for medical reasons, when I went gluten-free, um, I literally had to cut out everything that contained gluten overnight. That was about seven years ago. And now I am, I'm confident to say now that I found a substitute for Marmite, which was the last thing on my list. <laughs> I am confident to say that there is nothing that I cannot either make or find now that I miss from my old world. The only thing I miss now is the convenience. Yes. But the food that I'm eating now is the same kind of food, but it tastes better because it's the stuff that I'm choosing to make. And I'm making it in my own way, which is another benefit of cooking for yourself is you can literally tweak it to your own taste, which is fantastic. Yeah. Because if you like something slightly spicier, slightly more flavors, and then you can you can add those in. Whereas somebody, some people prefer much milder food. So if you are sat there thinking, I don't know how I could ever live without. For me, it's cheese. I don't know how I could ever live without X. Like there are ways that you can find alternatives that are just one step closer towards the the rainbow of plant based that we need, and slightly away from processed. Yes. Perfect. So from everything that we've discussed today, then, Tanya, if there was one key piece of advice that you would want to share with the listeners, I've kind of just done a wrap up and a summary. But what would be the one key piece of advice you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, Variety, I think. Yes. Don't get hung up on eating the same food over and over again, I think. And variety and hydration. Brilliant. And listen to your body. If, If you're getting a headache your body's just there or if you've got a pain in an arm or something your body is saying something it's it's a warning it's warning yeah it's a little light going off on your dashboard (laughs) yes yeah brilliant thank you so much for joining me today Tanya I've really enjoyed this conversation um where can the listeners find more of you online I'm on Facebook so Tanya um see nutrition same on Instagram um, LinkedIn, Tanya Clark Nutrition. Fantastic. I will pop all of your links in the show notes so the listeners can come and find more of you and what you do. Um, and also, listeners, be sure to come back on Thursday when Tanya will be sharing her business journey so far in her brand story episode. So, another peek behind the scenes of another business. Until then, I would love to know how you feel about today's episode and if it's inspired you to think about your health differently. So go and grab your glass of water and come and join in the conversations in our community online. Put the links in the show notes. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and we're on Clubhouse now. So as always, I will see you in the Brand Lounge.